what are you all doing here? I told you it wasn't a holy day. <laughs> of course, it's, it's uh, so very good that you're here. Maybe. And that's what I want to talk about. Maybe. On the face of it, you would say, well, how, gosh, a priest, you know, what do you mean maybe it's good that we're here? And how motivation, intention matters. And uh, surrounding particularly Lent and Ash Wednesday, it's really important to clarify our motivations. Unfortunately, um, surrounding, you know, the imposition of ashes, there's, there's a number of um, superstitions out there that, of course, if you're here for a superstitious reason about the ashes, it's actually another sin. It's a sin against the first commandment, that being superstition. So if you're here for, because you think you're at, the ashes are going to do something magical for you, you're out of luck. They're just dirt. It's just dirt. They're not going to do anything. Let's actually make a distinction between a sacrament and a sacramentum. A sacrament, let's use the Eucharist, is short form definition, write it down, a sign instituted by Christ that gives grace. Okay, so it is a sign, but it also is within itself this deeper reality. Namely, it contains grace. It is grace and conveys grace so that the, the bread and the wine are, are actually changed into Christ's body and blood, the essence of Christ himself. And when we ingest that species of bread and wine, the Christ, if you will, contained within is released into our souls. That's kind of the way it works. And so we're given something very, very real. Furthermore, the reason we have a tabernacle is because the Eucharist remains the Eucharist, whether you believe it or not. So you might come to, to communion and receive communion, and you're not really sure, or maybe you don't even believe. It doesn't matter. Objectively, the Eucharist, it doesn't matter if, if anybody believes it in this church, even me, although I know that's not true. Well, certainly of me, but it wouldn't matter. It's still the Eucharist if we do it the right way and I say the right words and, you know, et cetera. It is what we say it is by virtue of the power of God, not the power of John, the power of God working through me. So it objectively remains the Eucharist even when we have the Eucharist in reserve. It's still the presence of Christ, real presence. A sacramental doesn't convey grace. The, the dirt on your head tonight doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. So if you're thinking, well, I'm going to get that dirt on my head because it's going it's to do something. It's not going to do anything. It is a sign, though. It's a sign. And we do things that convey signs, not more than that, for a reason. But the reason is largely, as the Lord says in the gospel, or points to in the gospel, needs to be internal. It needs to be something that's happening within us. Every once in a while, my sister and I will talk about the strange behaviors of my mother. And now that she's dead, I feel rather free to do so publicly. 
<laughs> she was a night owl, and um, I've taken after in that regard. But I just, <laughs> we remember growing up that she would just want to clean, like, at 11 o'clock at night. Okay, we're going to clean. Really? It's 11, I mean, we're little. It's 11 o'clock at, we'd be up till 2, 3 in the morning cleaning because she was a slave driver also. Um, you know, we'd be falling asleep and just, you know, trying to get things done. But she was somewhat compulsive about the cleaning thing. And uh, not, you know, like every week, but just certain times throughout the year, you know, the whole spring cleaning thing. I, I grew to resent the whole concept. I refused to clean the entirety of spring. <laughs> That's not true. But that idea, you know, a few times a year, the deep cleaning kind of thing, she definitely believed in it. I can see why, you know, there's value there. That's what Lent is. It's our deep cleaning as Catholics. It's the time to scour the inside. It's the time to get out the Brillo pad and scrub. That's what we should be doing here. Now, some of you haven't been here for a while. How does Father know? Because I know. And that's okay. I mean, in one sense, it's not okay. We want you here all the time, and so does Jesus, but you know that. But it's really good that you're here. And so Lent for you is sort of a, a new beginning, a starting over. Good. Because that really gets at the heart of what Lent should be. It's a coming back to sort of the first principles of what it means to be a Catholic, to be a Christian. Calling ourselves back to the most important thing in our life, namely God. And I understand that, you know, throughout the year, we always have sort of an affectation. Like if we're to ask you, you know, individually, what's the most important thing in your life? Well, God is, of course. Right. Is there any proof? Is there any proof? If I followed you, we should try that. If I followed you throughout the week, you would be incredibly annoyed by the end of the week. But if I followed you throughout the week, you know, would I have evidence that God is the most important? Not that I need it, but you understand what I mean. If somebody were watching, could they tell? And of course, the rub is someone is watching. He's always watching. He's always with you. He's always there right beside you. Now, far from this being a homily that I want you to get inside of guilt and stay there, uh, because God is always watching. God is watching not in the sense that he's trying to find fault. He's not watching you, trying to catch you. God is not out to get you, not in the sense of finding fault. He is out to get you, though, for himself. He's out to catch you and to bring you back. And the way God is is that he just, he's just relentless, He's never going to give up until you're dead. As you might say, well, Father, how much longer do I have to until you're dead? Well, Father, I'm still struggling with these kinds of sins. How long until it's over? I don't know. I'm 51 until you're dead. You're older than me. I don't know. You tell me when it stops. It doesn't stop until you're dead. And that's what the ashes are a symbol of. Mortality. 
They're meant to be a sobering reality that this is not the goal, this life. So many good things, so many joyful things that we should experience and should enjoy, absolutely, but it's temporary. Lent calls us back to remember who we really are, God's creation, and where we're headed, eternity. And quite frankly, where in eternity we will be. And far from that being a matter of punishment, where you end up, you know, heaven or hell, punishment or reward, God gives us what we truly want in the end. Everybody in heaven wants to be in heaven. Everybody not in heaven doesn't want to be in heaven. That's why there needs to be a place for them. We manifest our desire by the way we live. We manifest what's truly important to us by the manner of our life. But we're not perfect. We know that through and through. Every single one of us in many ways have failed and continue to fail. The goodness of Lent is that we constantly remember the mercy that Jesus has for us. Once again, the goal is not to make us feel bad. There's a necessary element of feeling bad for having done bad things. Yes, there should be some you know, commensurate guilt for our action. Absolutely. We feel guilty, we confess it, and we get rid of it. But the sin doesn't define us. And this is so important because many times people stay in their sinfulness as though it is Lord of them more than Jesus Christ is. And they won't let it go. And all that the Lord wants to do is unburden us from it, to let it go. So why are you here? Be very clear of that tonight. Be very intentional. We won't just go through the motions here. We want to know why we're doing what we're doing. What is the value? What is the goal? What does God want from me? And what does my heart desire that draws me back to the Lord this day? He awaits you. He awaits your return. And even if you're here every Sunday, you might think, well, Father, what is my return? Your return is the continuing repentance and renewal that is the Christian life. It doesn't stop until you're dead. Then it's over. But until then, we remain on that journey, trusting in the Lord's words and his promises. Now, we will impose ashes the way the, uh, the Holy Father does once again. I've always found it very strange in America that we read, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, anoint your head and wash your face, and then promptly afterward, <laughs> especially if a guy's bald, I always love to do that. You know, just this gigantic cross on his head. Father, did you do that intentionally? You bet I did. <laughs> um, but you know, the, <laughs> the value of the ashes is really internal. It's not for others. 
And that's the point of the gospel. It's the internal disposition. And so we'll impose on the, on the top of the head like the Holy Father does, which I, I do think is more, of course, it's totally valid. Now, if you have to have it on your forehead, then just, just you know, do it yourself. All right, DIY ashes. And as, as we come forward, you know, for, we'll do ashes now. And, and, and I understand some of you, by the way, I understand some of you may need to go. You're, you're busy, you have kids, you have everything else. Today is not a holy day of obligation. If you have to go, you have to go. But the Eucharist awaits as well afterward.